Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Professional Insights Podcast, uh, episode 40 of season two. Uh, my name is Brandon Curry. I'm Jeff Collins. I'm Josh Bond. I'm Trevor Lindy. And uh, thanks very much, everyone, for tuning in and listening to uh, to our podcast. We're close to wrapping up season two. I can't believe we're already on season two. And on uh, how many how many listens have we had so far there, Trev? Total listens? Something million? No, no, we're forty five thousand. We're big and banging. Around forty five hundred right now, I think. We're big in Bangladesh. Um, okay. Now, Trev, I, I was watching Bloomberg, uh, uh, this morning and, uh, or maybe it was yesterday. I don't know. All the days are mashing into one. So I got a question for you. Um, it popped on the news that, and I don't know if you've, um, heard anything, but the president of CMHC, am I hearing that right? Is, is looking at requesting to have, to remove 5% down payments on first-time mortgages or just on mortgages in general and increasing that to a minimum of 10% down payment? Did I understand that right? Evan Seidel of CMHC, president of CMHC, has uh, put forth uh, a recommendation right now. Um, I've actually had two phone calls this morning already about it. Um, And this, we're recording, what date is it? It is uh, Thursday, May 21st. Um, so this is all okay. happening this week. Um, this one will be out uh, by June 5th. Um, so the recommendation that they have made is that uh, reducing, excuse me, increasing the down payment requirement from 5% to 10% minimum uh, for all borrowers. Uh, it is a recommendation that has been made. It's not, uh, it's not law. Uh, nothing has, is, is set in stone that this is going to happen for sure. Um, but the logic and the mindset behind it really comes down to the, there isn't a lot of, so if, if house prices go down and you're only putting down 5% on a 5% down scenario, let's say, you know, buying for $400,000, 400,000, uh, you're 20,000 down at 5%, your default insurance premium gets added into the equation and if memory serves me correctly, I believe that brings your mortgage balance starting to nine three hundred and ninety six thousand four hundred bucks. Yeah, so, so your mortgage would be three hundred your mortgage would be three hundred and eighty thousand and plus you your would, default insurance premium. Plus your plus your default insurance premium. Yeah. So meaning you're you're physically starting out on this house that you just bought for four hundred thousand dollars, you owe three hundred and ninety six thousand four hundred dollars. If there is any type of dip in the market, uh, if values do go down, obviously that's you know a position where this client now owes more than the house is worth. Even if there isn't a dip in the in the market, right, and things maintain and and hold course, you still have no money to pay real estate commissions, right? So if you do need to sell because of financial distress, you're selling for. $400,000 that you just paid for it because only six months has passed. You don't have, you're, you're short 22 grand, mm-hmm. right? Now five in HST on your 400,000. So what's that Jeff 20, about 23,000 with HST, I think. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think it's 20, 22 and change. So call it 23,000. 
So now this person, you know, by that point, six months into the game, still owes $395,000 on their mortgage. Um, so they're going to be short 20 grand to be able to even close the transaction. You can't sell something if you can't make I it guess whole again. My only rebuttal to that and my only problem with that. So first of all, we can talk about the, the challenges in the market and how that be a, a deflationary measure in the demand of new, new home buyers, because coming up with 10%, I mean, most people can't even come up with 5%. 5% but, is a big stretch for a lot of people. But possible for first time home buyers a nightmare. Oh, I mean, I, I look back to when I bought my first home, I never would have been able to afford 10%. There's no bloody way. But my whole issue with CMHC and the other, other, you know, Genworth, you, you, you know, you know, guarantee, yeah, Canada guarantee, um, is that the whole point of me paying the default insurance premium is I'm taking out and essentially they're taking out insurance on the probability of me defaulting on my mortgage. So it shouldn't matter if I sell it at a loss or whatever the case may be, because that's when it should, that's when CMHC should kick. I'm, that's why I'm paying the $16,000 premium in addition to CMHC my CMHC doesn't pay squat though. Curry. Like I know how, that. Like, saying, how many like, times do they pay out stuff relative to like it's a government, right? Yep. So technically, they, what happens is, they, and and Josh, you probably have seen it through your your time practicing law, is if you are selling a house at a loss and it's default insured, essentially that default insurer has to agree to let you, the person that's selling, sign a promissory note saying, "I promise to pay you." whatever the shortfall ends up being. I've seen situations where clients have turned around and clients have physically, they've declared bankruptcy and that's been part of it, right? Because they, so, can't, they can't fulfill their obligations financially. 17 years, I haven't seen it once. No? No. Like okay. just period in terms of anybody having a shortfall where they would contemplate relying on CMHC. Yeah. Uh, I, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm talking probably in excess of 12,000, 13,000 transactions that I've had my mitts on. Yeah. And I can think of three off, the top, three off the top of my head with clients that have either they were a client of mine at that time or, you know, they've become a client of mine since whatever that I know that have been in that situation where they've signed uh, promissory notes. Uh, yeah. Two of them bankrupt, one of them, uh, uh, one of them not. Right, one of them. But the, whole point, the promissory here's, note. Here's where pay. I don't. Here's where I don't understand, though. The the, the the insurer insures the mortgager, the person giving the mortgage. That's the they whole per, point. No, the insurer protects the bank. That's my point. The mortgage. Yeah. The, the mortgage. The lender. Okay. The lender. Okay. Person, yeah. yeah. Giving so, the mortgage, not getting. Sorry, I thought right, you said so, getting the mortgage. mortgage. No, that's the mortgagee. Yeah. Okay. So, so the so my point is is that it regardless of what you sell it for. The, the the value the, the the balance so let's just say let's use an example six same example i put five percent down i have a mortgage for 380 they tack on sixteen thousand dollars of cmhc fees my mortgage is at 396 i lose my job i gotta sell it for 400 i hire jeff jeff sells it in his miraculous way for four hundred thousand dollars pulls a rabbit out of his hat and tax on a five percent commission which is around we've all agreed ballpark $23,000, including HST. 
So the amount that I owe Jeff is $23,000, including HST. And I owe the bank 396 or whatever. Let's say for easy math's sake, it's $394,000. So your variance there is going to be an additional six grand plus the 23, so $29,000. Well, as long as I pay Jeff his 23,000, right? Let's clarify, it's not just mine, it's mine, the no, buying no, agent. Got it. You, not, yes, just, yes. not the rich no. real estate agent. <laughs> no, no, I pay my 5%. Yeah, okay. You pay the industry. I pay yeah. the industry $23,000, including the HST. Um, I'm now down from a $400,000 sale price to $377,000, right? 400,000 sale minus 23. So I still owe the bank 394. So there's a variance of around what? 17,000, $17,000, right? Okay. Right. So 20, 20K, 394, 377, 20K. Right. So then that's when CMHC should come in and pay the bank the 17,000. Realistically, that's the whole point of CMHC. You're in that situation. If you find yourself in that situation, your deal's not closing, right? And you're going to be in default. You're, you're going to be in breach of contract. Correct. So that's why I say you need. Then what is the CMHC. point of CMHC? It's a tax, in my opinion. No, no, exactly. It's a tax. So okay, my, my so point is, they're, they're selling. They're selling this idea that we're going to protect the people lending the money in case. Of, of, of a financial downturn or people are walking away from their houses that they did in the eighties and they yep. just dropped off their keys and said, F you guys, we're going to protect you. Okay. So a couple of things um, to Jeff's comment about it's the brokerage that gets the money. It's both parties that, that get the, the commissions. Yes. I will, I will step. So something important to note about that is Jeff as the listing agent is the last person to get any money. So if the, the default insurer, the bank in this equation is not willing to allow Brandon, in this case is the seller to sign a promissory note to say, I promise to pay you this $20,000 that I am short. Jeff doesn't get commission. Potentially the vendor or the, the buyer's agent doesn't get paid. The brokerages don't make any money. So to what Josh is saying, this transaction doesn't close. Pete, this Correct. this seller is in breach, right? Yeah. So I think I think more so what it's geared for is those situations where you're trucking along, you're trucking along, and you're like, can't make the payments. Here's my keys. Yes. I've like defaulted. 2008, when they all walked away because the equity was negative. Correct. It's like leasing and, a bunch of cars after a year trying to sell it. And it's not worth it. In, in That's the right. States, it was negative. Yeah. In Canada, not so much. But yes, we had a bunch of people. Oh, walk yeah, Canada, away. we were safe. We barely went down in 2008. We stayed yeah. flat. Yeah. yeah. We had just, shorter mortgages too, though, right? We always had shorter mortgages. Oh, they got, they got the most messed up situations over there for their mortgages. But so this goes back to my question. What is the point of Genworth or, 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 or CMHC? What is their role? If they're not going to protect the lender in that type of a situation, then what is the point of me paying that $16,000 fee? You have to. I get it, I have to, but what does it protect? Well, it's just their business, they're making money off it, I think, it's not doing nothing. Yeah, so it, they're it completely useless. But it protects the bank to make sure that if you, 
Brandon, aren't going yep. to make your mortgage payments. Yeah. The insurer will work with you. So the, the insurer will make the payments to the mortgage company. The insurer will attempt to work with you to make, to get caught up on those payments or whatever the circumstances being, right? Like this whole, everybody, you know, the, the deferral of mortgages, right? We've talked about this a little bit, um, just kind of in, in general conversations and how people have deferred because of COVID, right? They, a lot of people think like this is this miraculous thing that has just kind of been introduced. Well, no, technically, if you are in financial heart, this has always been there. It's always been in the background of the default insurers. If your mortgage is default insured and there's a major financial life event that has happened for you, you could defer and the, the insurer will work with you to try and get you back on track so that they don't have to work with the bank and lawyers to force power of sale to get you out of the house to sell it potentially at a loss, right? When you're in a power of sale position at the end of the day, the banks, default insurers, everybody has recognized that there will be a loss, that they have agreed to, um, uh, to pay the real estate commissions to the real estate agents. So in those situations, people are making their money, the wheels are turning. Um, and if there's any profits that are realized from that in those situations, you, the consumer that owns the home, would be reimbursed the difference. I highly doubt that there's going to be any money. It's going to be eaten up in fees. And Is this just HMC kind of proposing this? Is Genworth doing the same thing? Are the credit unions... Right now, it's CMHC that's proposing this to the House of Commons, thinking because there's speculation out there that we are going to see a 9 to 18% drop in the price market. Yes, in the market. They're on crack if they think that. So, at least no, I think there. we're pretty we're pretty protected. I think Toronto might see a drop. Yeah, I think exactly. they're already seeing a drop. Your Vancouver's, your Montreal's, your your big your big hubs. And yeah. when what they do is when they look at you got to look. You can't look at. This is what I always t- tell people. You you got to look at. You can't look at averages. You have to be able to look at medians, right? And you got to take especially Toronto and Vancouver out of the mix. Because yeah. there's such a huge economic, like, hub that it just, you know, throws everything off. It throws everything off, right? Yeah. yeah. But no, no I mean, listen. At the end, or is it just me? What's that? When Brandon's talking, it lags for me. Uh, it must just be on your end because it seems it's fine coming through on mine. Okay. Once in a while, it lags on mine. Just on Brandon when he talks, that's it. Hmm. But now, is it is it is it possible that CMHC is possibly proposing this in the wake of funding down payments? Like you're referring to the home buyer incentive program that they announced earlier? Yeah, I I don't think so. Um, this is them defer. This is them predicting hardships on these deferral plans for the last few months. They're they're. The mindset is, you know, he's call it protecting his legacy or whatever, because he's done at the end of the year, just trying to figure out a way and saying, you know, if, if the market does dip by nine to 18%, what are these people going to do? They don't want to have the mortgage approval point of view right now, Trev, Yeah, but so many first time buyers probably out of work because there's a lot of people that 
would categorize in, in the jobs they're laid off right now, they're going to have a harder time to qualify for mortgage regardless right now, right? Uh, depending on the circumstances. So if you are, as a consumer, first-time home buyer, repeat buyer, doesn't matter. If you've entered into a purchase and sale agreement and firmed up your purchase and sale agreement prior to March 25th, 2020, that's kind of been the date that they've stamped on this COVID-19 lockdown. If you've entered into that agreement prior to that date, then the lender's still going to fund the deal and close on it for you, even though you may be laid off from work right now because you'd be in breach of contract. So financially, they don't want to put people in those positions. That's kind of the message that's been delivered. But I can tell you approvals that have come out after the fact, like right there in the commitment. And I have actually had to direct clients to the commitment, point it out saying, hey, look, here's the reality. And it flat out says, "Our, you know, we're going through difficult times with COVID-19. Our approval is based on your employment that you presented at the time of application. And we require you to still be working in that job upon closing. Otherwise, we may pull the approval. Okay. Right? So that's why there has been so many people that have just kind of stopped and slowed down from buying right now and just waiting for the dust to settle, see what will happen before they're, they're committing and getting out there to buy. Well, they're starting right now. Everybody's in the research stage right now, so it's it's picking up. Yeah, yeah. It's the weather for sure. Yes, and the fact that last Thursday the government announced we're in phase one of reopening, and well, and then a week from now they're gonna close back up. <laughs> he's we'll already he's already threatening it, right? So it's so we'll I mean, that. in in essence, the CMHC is. Uh, is proposing yes. something that uh, will yes. likely benefit predominantly them in the long run. Yeah. Yeah. Stacking the deck and making more money. I don't know if it's it's going to help them in the long run, given the fact that we have the lowest default in the world, right? In in our housing market, we have one of the most uh, uh, financially stable uh, mortgage industries. So, so CMHC must have big coffers then. I, I don't know what it is. I, I don't understand the idea behind the proposal. Why they're, again, it's, it's, it's very, very early stages. It's not, not happening. And their timing's weird because right now the focus in Canada is going to be about stimulating the economy. And, and how do you do that? You do that with the real estate market, really, and, and building and all that. So to try to make it more difficult for first-time buyers when it's already difficult enough for them to buy a house... Does it make sense? What kind of pushback they're going to get? Like, it's all going to be stimulus packages now for the economy coming out. That's what's going to happen. I read an interesting article. Uh, what was it? McLean's last night, where it actually said right in there, could this be, could CERB be the um, uh, basic universal income product? Yeah, that's the big income fund, yeah. right? Kind of that, that being. Have we had a, have we had this a thing about turn that? Turn into yet? that. Yeah. No, but we had a. Have we, have we had a, a CERB, yes. basic income? That'll be coming out tomorrow. Universal? That'll be, that'll I don't be, think we have, be, no. That'll be the next episode. No. Let's yeah. see if we get this one up, boys. That's going to be a segue to okay. a future episode. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So, so basically, anyway, like Josh said, it's, it's them making more money off of it. <laughs> we'll see, right? Like at the end Real of the day, idea. right now, it's, idea, as far it's as just I'm concerned. Uh, 
I, I won't disagree with you. I think that it would be extremely detrimental uh, to the the majority of population because you know often we think five percent down, we think of that first time home buyer, but you know my like my office neighborhood dominion lending centers we've had emails kind of floating around of saying like and even was it ndlc it's also like i love mortgage brokering uh facebook group that we've got as brokers that a lot of people even yeah. repeat buyers are in that financial position that they're doing five percent like the amount of deals that i will do for a client that financially they've incurred a lot of debt for whatever reason misspending uh, financial distress, doesn't matter what it is. That they've on. incurred all this debt from where now they're selling the house. We're taking that debt. And uh, I love how he's just walking out in the middle of an episode. Um, but they're they're paying off, the. they're selling their house. They've decided to pay off the debt. And then they're going into a situation where they're putting down 5% on the next home. He threw it up right now? I don't know. Really? I just I just muted his camera or his, like his microphone, up. sorry. Okay, now he's back, so we'll unmute him. Just throw up. What the hell was that? That was funny. But anyways, to what I was saying. Yeah. (laughs) No, my neighbor cut my neighbor cut my lawn again. Sounds like you're throwing up. No, because I just seeded I just seeded the lawn. I gotta tell her not to cut my lawn. Anyway, okay. But anyways, like I was saying, yeah, five percent. Uh um a lot of people, they're not just first time home buyers. It would impact a lot of people out there. Trevor's talking yep. a lot, which is a little bit, oh, it's rare. Help us help you stay informed. Thanks, everyone. Out. Ciao. Hi, I'm Emily Roger, and I host a leadership show called The Boiling Point with my co host, Dave Vale. Together, we sit down with trailblazing entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers who are driving meaningful change in our world. The show is all about exploring the lives and perspectives of leaders who are making a difference. Join us for insightful conversations that challenge the status quo, spark new ideas, and inspire you to take action. Find us on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or at BoilingPointPodcast.com. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. Produced by Cryer Media and distributed by the Sound Off Media Company.